0: Let's hear God's word from Psalm 95. Come. Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is The great God, the great king above all other gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you would only hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, that they, they had seen what I did for 40 years. I was angry with that generation. I said, They are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath, in my anger, they shall never enter my rest.
1: thank you very much uh, good evening uh, welcome to the Keswick Convention are you ready for a break well, about two of you are <laughs> well that's the rest of my talk uh, scuppered already I wonder if you've had a tough day uh, you've perhaps you've been kind of battling through the traffic to get here uh, with the kids moaning in the back seat and you arrived, you've uh, found your accommodation, perhaps you've put up your tent in the rain, Uh, you've shoveled down some food, and now you're slumped in your seat, hoping that tomorrow will feel a little bit more restful. Or perhaps you've had a tough year. Perhaps you're feeling the cost, the rise in the cost of living, wondering how you'll heat your home this winter, readjusting after COVID, Maybe your church is full of tensions as you kind of make that transition. Maybe you're worrying about war in Europe. And with all that's going on, you're hoping that this week will be a little haven of rest. Well, the good news is that our psalm this evening is an invitation to rest. In fact, it's an invitation to find rest through gratitude. Rest through gratitude, that's our theme, enjoying rest by giving thanks. And we start with a call to come before God with thanksgiving because God is God. Come with thanksgiving because God is God, look at verse one again. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Come before him with thanksgiving. That's the call that this psalm makes to us. And it's a call to make some noise. And we've begun to do that this evening, to sing, to make music. And we're given a reason Verse 3 begins with the word for. Come with thanksgiving for. Because here's the reason. For our God is a great God. He is the God who made all things. Uh, From the the lowest, the depths, to the highest, the peaks, the mountain peaks. Uh, Just over here on my left is Skidor. You can sort of look at it as you leave. God made it. And it is his. Or think of derwent water and uh, perhaps that's too shallow to count as the depths but god made it and it's his verse five says he made the sea and formed the land well that's everything covered literally the psalmist goes further god is not only a great god he is the great god did you notice that in verse three verse three says he is the great king above all gods There are lots of gods, sort of inverted commas as it were, things that have a hold on us, that influence us, that shape us. But only God is the God. Only God is the true God. Every time we worship, we're making a choice. The choice to worship one thing is a choice not to worship something else. And I wonder what that means for you today, this week. What well, that's going to mean, as, you, as we come together and we worship God, what is it that you're not going to be worshipping? What is it that matters most to you? What is it that you want to shout about today? What are you going to stop worshipping that you might give yourself to the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ this week? God is the one who is above all gods, above whatever it is that claims your allegiance. This week is an opportunity to kind of recalibrate. You know, every time we turn on the TV or we check our social media or, or we talk with colleagues, we're presented with the claims of other gods. With all the seductions of this world, all the pressures of life, it's very easy for us to get sucked into other priorities, things that we want or things that we fear, let this week be an opportunity, as it were, to step back and ask yourself, what really matters to me? Who is truly great? Who has the power to protect, to satisfy, to save? Let me encourage you for one week to forget about all the things you might want and come before God with thanksgiving. For one week, forget about the things that you fear, and come with thanksgiving. And let's sing and shout about our God. Let's find rest by trusting in the God, the great God, the God who alone can protect and satisfy and save. And maybe, who knows, what we may, we may find that 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 sense of resting in God this week, some of that may carry on into next week and the week after with all the challenges that they bring. You know, preachers are supposed to illustrate their sermons. I can do no better than to invite you as you leave the tent this evening to look to the mountains and say, you see that mountain? My God made that. Or if you're watching online and you live near the shore, go and stand by the sea and say, the sea is his and he made it. The greatness of God is on display all around us in this world, this wonderful world that he has made and it is his gift to us. Every mountain is his gift to you. Every fun time that you'll have this week is his gift. Every meal that you enjoy, it is his gift. Let us come with thanksgiving. Every moment this week that you go, wow, that is God's gift. He alone can protect and satisfy and save. Let us come with thanksgiving because God is the God. And then secondly, let us come with thanksgiving because God is our God. In verse six, we have another exhortation to come. Uh, It's actually a different word, slightly different word in Hebrew. Come in verse one has the sense of go to. Here in verse six, it has the sense of come in, enter. So verse six says, come in, let us bow down in worship, let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Perhaps the original worshipers, the original singers of this psalm were processing into the temple, coming into God's presence. And so the mood changes. Instead of shouting, now we bow down and kneel before God. It's as if as we enter God's holy presence, a reverent hush descends. And again, we're given a reason To come with thanksgiving, verse 7, for, because, here we go, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Now it's personal. He's not just the God, now he's our God. The Lord, our maker, I think there in verse 6, is not so much the creator God as the maker of his people. Our maker, our redeemer, the one who has redeemed us, who has gathered us, who has covenanted with us to be our God. God not only makes the world, he remakes us as his people. He not only performs wonders, he performs wonders for us. We are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. It's personal. We are under his care. You are under his care. Now think about that for a moment. I don't know what problems you've left behind as you traveled here or what problems perhaps you've brought with you. But I know this. If you're a Christian, then you are safe within God's care. He holds you fast. He is, the Lord Jesus is your good shepherd. And our good shepherd feeds us. He feeds us through his Word. He brings us into his pasture, says verse seven. And it may be that God has led you to the convention this week, to the pastures of his word, as it were, so that he, this week he can feed you, nourish you, nurture you. So remember, verse one is come in. As in, go to, let's go to Keswick. Let's see the mountains and give thanks to the God who made them. Now, in verse 6, we come in, we enter. Let's enter the convention tent. This is the pasture land where God, our God, feeds us through his word. This week, let's come and be fed by the Good Shepherd. Let's come with thanksgiving. Because God is the God, the great God, the true God. And let us come with thanksgiving because God is our God. He is our maker. We are the sheep of his pasture. But then thirdly, let's come with thanksgiving because we're very easy to be ungrateful. We're urged to come with thanksgiving, to come with gratitude because we're in danger of being ungrateful. Look at the second half of verse 7 if you've got your Bibles. Today, if only you would hear his voice. And then we hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the wilderness. All, all the noise of verse 1 has faded away. Instead, we're called to listen. A somber mood falls over the psalm. Why, why this change of tone? The answer is it's so easy for us to be ungrateful, and so we end with a kind of case study in ingratitude. These verses talk about a particular day in the history of Israel, an event that took place at Meribah and Massa, it's actually the same place, and we read about it in Exodus 17. In fact, if you were here last year in week two, you'll remember that we looked at these in the Bible readings, that passage, so uh, here we are, picking off, picking up where we left off. The Israelites are in the desert uh, after being rescued from Egypt, and they grumble because there's no water. They quarrel with Moses. And in Psalm 95, we kind of get God's commentary on on that story. Look at verse 9. Your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. So the the people of God had seen the wonders of God. They'd seen God rescue them from Egypt. They'd seen him lead part, part the Red Sea and lead them to safety. They had seen God provide manna in the wilderness. And it seems that that wasn't enough. That was yesterday and this is today. And they're so focused on their need that they forget about God's provision Grumbling replaces gratitude. They were ungrateful. Now there is a place for coming to God with our pain. We don't have to pretend we've got everything together when when the reality is we're falling apart. The Psalms often sound a note of lament. But lament turns to God, not away from God. Lament comes and speaks to God. It doesn't, as it were, talk behind God's back. And lament comes to God in faith. The very act of coming with all that pain and confusion is a sign of faith, a faith that God hears and cares even if all our circumstances are painful. But ingratitude is different. Ingratitude turns away from God. And that is serious. It is not a small thing. Verse 9 says, or God says, they tried me. That is, they put me on trial. An ungrateful heart says, God is letting me down. He is being unfaithful. He's at fault. We put God on trial and we make our judgment against him. He's in the dock; We're the judge. But our judgment against God rebounds on us. It demonstrates our lack of faith in his care. And those who grumbled there in, 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 uh, back in there in the wilderness, those who grumbled didn't enter the land. A whole, do you remember this? A whole generation died in the wilderness. Look at verse 10. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. Astray there may be a bit of a pun. Elsewhere, it's translated, wandered. They wandered in the wilderness because they wandered in their hearts. They went astray in the wilderness because they went astray in their hearts. Verse 11, so I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. In the end, ingratitude is a lack of faith. They had seen what I did, says verse 9. They had seen the same mountains that we see. They had seen amazing acts of deliverance. But they have not known my way, says verse 10. They didn't recognize God as the God. They didn't see God as their God, as our God. They were not able to enter because of their unbelief, says the writer to the Hebrews at the end of Hebrews 3. But then in the very next verse, it's as if the writer of Hebrews picks up the end of this psalm. In the very next verse, he says that the promise of entering that rest still stands. Today today if you hear his voice you can enter that rest you can enter that rest through faith there is hope and there is rest even for ungrateful sinners the people put god on trial says verse 9 and in exodus 17 that is that is exactly what happened you remember this from last year? God arranged a courtroom. Moses was there as the judge. He's holding the staff of judgment that had kind of brought judgment on Egypt. He's there in the middle. The, The people of God represented by their leaders are on one side and then God says, I will stand in front of the rocks. So here are the people of God. They are guilty. They deserve to be condemned. Here is God. He is innocent. He deserves to be vindicated. And here is Moses acting as the judge with the staff of judgment raised. And then it falls. But in a, in a glorious, gracious kind of twist in the story, it falls on the rock. God says to Moses in that moment, God says, strike the rock. The staff of judgment falls on God. And that rock was Christ, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 10. That rock was Christ. Ultimately, the judgment of God the judgment of God's people, the, the judgment that we deserve falls on Christ at the cross. The rock represents God stepping in to shield his people from his own judgment by bearing it in our place. And that rock was Christ. And do you notice where the psalm begins? Verse 1 Let us shout aloud. To the rock, to the rock of our salvation, the rock who comes between us and God's judgment. Of all the many reasons we have to give thanks to God, top of the list is that the Lord Jesus Christ has borne the judgment that we deserve in our place so that we can come before him with thanksgiving. What overcomes our ingratitude is God's generosity, God's grace, God's goodness. And that we see that all around us, but more than anything, we see it at the cross. That rock was Christ. Psalm 95 doesn't really have a conclusion. I think it ends rather abruptly. Verse seven, I don't know if you noticed this, verse seven says, if only you would hear his voice, and then in verses eight to 11, we hear God's voice, but there's no response. We're kind of left with that word if. If you hear God's voice, if what? Then what? What happens next? The response is left to us. you today you can harden your heart or you can soften your heart humble your heart today you can nurture your grumbles or you can come with thanksgiving The writer of Hebrews says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. There is an eternal Sabbath rest for all who come to Christ. If you put your faith, if you put your trust in Christ. But there is also rest in this life. You will find rest this week if you let God be God. If you let God be the God. If you let God be your God. It's rest by being grateful for who God is, rest through gratitude. The alternative, the other option, is to be your own saviour. Try and sort out your problems on your, by yourself. Try and establish your own identity. And the problem with that is every, every, every problem we solve is replaced by another. If we're trying to establish our own identity, then you are only as good as your last performance. We become like a dog chasing its tail. You can't... We can't pull it off. And we can't solve those deeper problems of sin and death. However hard you try, you can't be your own savior. It will drive you, it will make you weary. And you, you don't need to be. You don't need to be your own savior. Why not? Because God is good at his job. God is good at his job. He is the great king, says the psalm, and he can bring order to your chaos. In his hands are the depths of the earth, says the psalm, and in his hands are the depths of your fear. We are the flock under his care, says the psalm, and he cares about whatever is on your heart this evening. He is God, and he is good at his job. He is our Redeemer, and He is good at redeeming. So rest. This week, rest. Rest not because you've left your problems behind for a week. Rest because you are leaving your problems in God's hands. You may find it helpful to kind of think of handing them over to God in prayer. Maybe even, as it were, holding them up in your hands to Him. As we close, I want to talk to three specific people here tonight. Now, don't worry, I've, uh, not, I, I've made them up. Okay, they're not real people. Uh, but then maybe, maybe they are. Maybe, there's, maybe you might find a bit of yourself in one of these people. First, there's Anna. Anna's past is messy. Uh, we don't need to go into details, but her, it feels to her like her past sticks to her like glue. You know, sometimes when you're trying to wipe glue off one hand, you just end up getting it on the other hand. That's how life feels sometimes to Anna. And so she comes to the convention weary. She tries so hard to be a good Christian. But whatever she does, it never feels enough. And Tonight, Anna... God says to you, I am your rock. I have come between you and my judgment. You don't need to make yourself good enough. I have forgiven you and cleansed you. I am the rock of your salvation, and I am good at my job. Then there's Brian. Brian is a self-made man. He got where he is today through hard work and initiative. He's he's proud of what he's done with his life. But Brian comes to the convention weary. Throughout the pandemic, he's been running to stand still, trying to keep up with rising prices, trying to hold it together, worrying that he might have to rely on others. And tonight, God says to you, Brian, I am your maker. You were never a self-made man. Humble yourself. Kneel before me. And then step into my care. Don't worry about being self-made. Just be Brian. Just be a child of God. I am your maker. And I am good at my job. And then finally, there's Colin. Hello, Colin. Colin helps run the youth group in his church, and he loves, he loves doing it. But he just feels so inadequate. The youngsters are facing issues of sexuality and gender, issues that didn't even seem to exist when he was young. And in a few weeks, his eldest daughter starts at secondary school, kind of going into that, that world of moral confusion. And so he comes to the convention restless. How is he going to sort out his young people? How is he going to protect his daughter? Tonight, God says to Colin, I am your shepherd. And I am the shepherd of your youth group. In my hands, I hold the depths of the earth. And in my hands, I hold you and your family. Protecting people and redeeming people That is not your job. That's my job. And you know what? I am good at my job. Anna, Brian, and Colin will find rest by being grateful for who God is the God, our God, our rock, and our Redeemer. if there's a a little bit of Anna or Brian or Colin in you, then then let me end with two very practical steps you can take that will help you to find rest by being grateful. We find them in the two commands in this psalm. First of all, come and sing. Verse one, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. We get something similar in verse two and verse six. Come and sing. If you want to Find rest by being grateful. Come and sing. Sing to, let's join together and remind ourselves who God is as we sing together. Remind ourselves what he has done in a way that captures our hearts. Come and sing. And then secondly, come and listen. Verse 7, today if only you would hear his voice. Come and listen as God's word is preached, listening out for the voice of God for his promises, for his reassurance. This week, let's come before him with thanksgiving and maybe we will find rest through gratitude. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for uh, the mountains that surround us here in Keswick. And that remind us that you are the God who is above all gods. We thank you too for your word and the opportunity that we have this week to to be fed by you, to hear your voice as your word is taught. And Father, our prayer is that this week, as we gather together weary and restless, we would find rest. As, we, uh, as our faith in you is strengthened, as we let you do your job of being our maker and our redeemer, our rock, and each of us with all sorts of different issues, we pray that as we come and connect, as it were, with some different facet of who you are and what you've done, we would find rest, not just for this week for this year, rest, because you are our God, our maker, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen.